Horses are all like I'm actually a little. I am a bit scared of horses. They're a bit they're scary. Just, they're so they big and they're hoofs, powerful creatures. I always think that like their hoofs, like if they just stepped on your foot, your foot is like that's like thirty bones just instantly Oof. demolished into dust. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like them. Sorry, horses. That's a good point. I was never a horse girl. <laughs> we have a lot of horse listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, I'm scared though. They scared me. When I was at school. We had, because we're from like quite a rural area, there's a lot of people who are like quite working class and then randomly a few rich kids. So um, a girl that my, my best friend went to school mm. with because we went to different high schools um, had had like a mansion and she had a horse. And the thing I always remember about the horse is that my my friend, who I knew this girl through, has really <gasps> quite small hands and she fed the horse an apple and the, the horse is just like <laughs> her whole hand. And I just remember that constantly whenever I think oh about horses my God. being scary. It didn't like hurt her. It was just, you know... <gasps> But she was what? like, she just had tiny hands and the horse was like, um. yeah. oh. So it didn't bite her hand It off, didn't it bite just... her. No, it was just like, it was just trying to get the apple, but it was just because her hands were so small, it could just kind of like go, oh, you know. Oh my God. But she was freaking out about it. Cause she was like, <laughs> Which, yeah, know, I would be freaking out too. <laughs> I would as well. But I do relate to the horse because that's what I do when people offer me a mini egg. I just <laughs> In one. <laughs> go right for it. Hand and all. Like a python and it just. You don't have to. You don't have to eat for another four to six weeks, and it dissolves mm. in your system. Mm. Yeah, that's where me and the python uh, depart in terms of similarities. I'm afraid the girl with the horse had a pet snake as well. Oh what? damn! Yeah. <laughs> Do little that's over wild. there. Yeah, it was quite a cute snake. I like the snake. The snake was less scary, although it did like once it got loose in the house, and it, got they, loose. it just. And so it just, rather than living in its like cage thing, it just kind of lived in the house for a year. Like you would see it occasionally. Oh, like, oh, that was cool. that's cute. Thank you. It was cute, that but it was kind of a lot. cute. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in the living room? And the, do you know, obviously the ones, I'm going to freak myself out here. <laughs> I can By myself in the house tonight. I don't like it. Mm. You know, you see the videos of the, um, the doors get opened by pythons by slithering up them and the weight of them then pushes the door open. I have not seen that. No. Oh, it's awful. You should Google it. Also, can we stop doing cold opens? We said we'd never do cold opens and then we just stop talking shit when we start recording. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can't. It's just, it's, it's constant bullshit whenever the three of us are together. This is why we decided to do a podcast together in the first place. It is, it's self-demonstrating. These three can't stop yapping. Has enough time elapsed? I think enough time's elapsed that we can probably admit and keep it in if we want that the reason that we decided to do a podcast in the first place is because... Whenever we mm-hmm. got stuck to each other during a work day, we would lose hours and we were like, we might as yep. well just record this and then it's not, then we can justify getting paid for it. 100%. Yeah, I think we can definitely admit that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is a Discord call that we just publish publicly uh, because we used to get paid to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, is a, this is a department meeting, but now it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not a puzzle <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's funny to think that we used to like go, we used to put our status on Slack as like recording a podcast at like 1, 1 p.m. Yeah. And then the we, wouldn't, we wouldn't get off the call until like half six. <laughs> So we used to work funny. so late on it and everything, didn't we? It was so <laughs> funny on a Friday as well. Oh, oh damn. Good times. Hello and welcome back to Indie Venture, a podcast all about indie games. I am an AI trained on the voice of Liam Richardson. <laughs> Hypnospace Outlaw is a video game by Jay Tholen and was released in 2018. I'm sorry, but I cannot fulfil this request as it goes against OpenAI use policy. Claim your free Bitcoin now. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash HZ. A5AYKJ, my bussy in bio. 
I'm so God. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, when it's like not even a minute in. <laughs> oh my God. Bussy. Look, right, I wrote that earlier. And that, that word changed between a B and a P about 35 times. Oh. And I did not know which was more acceptable. Uh, this, is, this is great. This is so fantastic because now when my entire family listens to this podcast, I get to explain oh, no, what a bussy is so. and the my bussy and bio thing. So this is great. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the Jones clan. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me today, as ever, are my two wonderful co-hosts, the inimitable Rebecca Jones. Hello, sorry, Mum and Dad. Uh, uh, I'm not the sorry. earliest I've ever apologised to you. It's only going to go downhill from here. They love it. They do. And the unmatched Rachel Watts. Hello, sorry to Rebecca's Mum and Dad. Oh, God. I'm start, so sorry. I'm going to start pitching this podcast specifically to two people. <laughs> No, I, lo- I love it. I think that's great. I will get notes back. So Good. I hope you send them on. Um, just direct them to me. I'll explain what it is. Uh, to d- <laughs> to d- I can explain. It's fine. We're not a family podcast. Today we've decided to go rogue. Um, so we're going to be talking about some video games we've been playing. Oh, that's interesting. A podcast talking about video games we've been playing. We're going to go rogue. Just do what we should be doing the whole time. Yeah, doing our <laughs> goddamn job. That's pretty jobs. rogue for us. It is. <laughs> yeah. As is already established, we're 12 minutes into this recording and God knows how much you've already heard. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Rachel's been discovering some more demos. Rebecca has been dating some hot monsters and I have been locked in the endless loop of two very enjoyable roguelikes but before we dive into that i just want to give a very quick reminder to you lovely listeners that episode 11 that's two episodes time we'll be answering your questions in a mailbag episode hopefully if you would like to send in some questions please do please send in your questions (laughs) all right yeah send in your questions please because if you don't i will make up the questions i want to be asked and we'll answer those and like i said it was going to be unhinged and it will be unhinged so you know Send in some questions. I quite like the idea of you slipping a question in there and we have to guess which one you sent in. <gasps> that might be quite Oh, cool. okay. Yeah. I'm hosting I that one. Yeah. Right. So that I can, idea. Oh, yes. Okay. Power trip time. Nice. All the more reason. I mean, don't send it in now because you'll be the first one and I'll know it was you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone else would like, I mean, loads of people have already sent in their questions. If you would like to send in your question, you can add contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. That is contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. .co.uk. Please send, please send your questions. You're all so nice with the Apple review thing. I know I ask so much of you, but if you could, we'd both really appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, how I said both there, like only two of us would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, because I've already gone into this like whole, you understood instinctively that I really want to take this in, in my own direction, <laughs> just like oh, create yeah, characters. You both no one sends them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'd love that. A mailbag where it's just questions Rebecca asked the other two. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that'd be something to do that. How are you both? Are you all right? You doing all right? Yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. Yes. Doing good. <laughs> good. Uh, How are you? What do you want to... I'm all right, yeah. Um, don't really have much else to talk about in this section. Has anything funny happened to me? No, not really. <laughs> Uh, any anecdotes? Do you have any anecdotes? Any no? Not no really. pastry um, raves. 
No oh, yeah. pastry raves, no I'm afraid. No. I showed Meg that video, by the way. I've also showed like two other people as well. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I don't know if I should have recorded that video, so that's quite funny. <laughs> Why would they make that giant sausage roll and not let people see it? I the know, world right? needs to know how how hard go with it. Right? <laughs> because it really is impressive. I was impressed. It was it was a very impressive rave uh, where the only identifying object was a an eight foot statue of a sausage roll. I'm going to bleep out the company name just for lols because I think that'd be quite. Oh, fun. absolutely, yeah. 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 Though, I'm very <laughs> honest about where I work. It's in my Twitter bio. Yeah, cool. So we're just going to chat about games. Uh, yeah, see how change. that goes. Yeah, yeah, might be nice. Yeah, I've just realised I've hit half a box of Maltesers and um, and my sugar crash is hitting already. Oh, oh shit! Minutes in. Oh, no. so, we need to get that. <laughs> Get that energy up. We need a, a verbal defibrillator for your heart. <laughs> or, or a monster energy drink. That's oh, what I need. Oh, hello. Hello. I'd welcome nice monster one. energy at 9pm. Yes, oh, 9pm is... I, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even do that. No, I wouldn't partake. Unless it was like, I don't know, doing an all, a Kingdom Hearts all-nighter like I used to do when I was in high school. Oh, <laughs> oh God. We, I don't know what's worse, the drink of the game. <laughs> literally, like, I would invite... I would invite... Uh, like a group of friends round and then we would drink so much red bull it was honestly oh horrific God. we'd make a tower out of the empty red bull cans oh, God. <laughs> and we played through all wild. of kingdom hearts one and then <laughs> it was good time in one sitting that is so kingdom hearts one in one sitting and then yeah we did two in like two or three sittings yeah couldn't do that in one sitting when was the last time you sat down and played like a, a game of that length in one sitting how how long are they how long ago the Kingdom like, Hearts? I've never played them. Like so first Kingdom Hearts, I would say or something. Uh, yeah, t- 15, 20 hours, something like that. Hmm. I haven't. I don't think I've ever done a game of that length in like. I've I've had a couple of times when we've taken like a long weekend, Mick and I, to play a game that we we're really excited for. Mm. Um, mm, that's cute. The last one I think that I remember doing that for was um, Dark Pictures Anthology: Little Hope. Actually, oh, um, makes sense. Which was. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot disappointing in the end, but you know, it's still it's a good weekend. It was a good like it's a good memory of the weekend. I just I don't like the end of that game, but it's a good game. It just the ending is bad. Have you had <laughs> yeah. any like super intense Sims sessions there, Rebecca? Like when oh, you just probably played... when yeah, I was like I was a, when say... I was a teenager, probably like mm. yeah, I don't not since I like my sleep is the thing. <laughs> yeah. So I right. I don't often stay up later than I have to basically. In life, generally, oh, really. So, um, yeah, not not a big one for late nights, but ah, that's see, I'm the opposite. Uh, I I fear sleep. It is the small death, and the more time <laughs> oh, I can yeah. be awake, the better. <laughs> yeah, I've done. I when I was, it was mostly like with groups of friends. I've done Kingdom Hearts one and two. Then I was nice. at uni. We did <laughs> Heavy Rain. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, it was so fun. Kind of perfect so yeah, for that good. style of play, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was really fun. But uh, yeah, not anymore. To be fair, like, I mean, I've played indie games in one sitting, but we're talking like two, three yeah. hours. But nothing over, yeah, like six, seven hours. No, 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 no. I don't I have the intention span time. anymore. I honestly can't co- really mm-hmm. concentrate for that long. I need breaks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. Mm. Even a, I just, a monster or two down, I'm like, my brain can't. <laughs> I would just stress about the things I had to do. Like, I usually play a game mm. for like, if I play more than two hours, I have to go and do something else. Or I'm just like, oh God, if I don't like empty a bin mm. or do something, I feel like I'm just 
too stressed. Did mm, no, I will ask this on the podcast. Okay. Did yes. you have like um boundaried gaming time as a kid? Did your parents say like you can only play a game for X amount? No, oh. not really. Only child, oh, okay. so I was very indulged. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I had two siblings, so we and two of us are really into the Sims. So we would right. and we had one computer. So we would, um, and this is before my brother got all the consoles. I wasn't really a console person when I was mm-hmm. a little lass. So um, we used to have allotted times because there was three of us. And then as we got older, no, never. But a uh, friend of the podcast, Henry, had uh, allotted times. And he also got caught playing The Sims again. And, <laughs> and his mum got really worried because he was like killing a bunch of Sims. And she was like, the fuck is this game? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Get off. Stop oh, playing this God. game. Incredible. It's the devil game. Yeah, literally. Oh, that's interesting. How about you? Because I'm the same. I, I, after like an hour, I feel guilty playing a game. <gasps> and I have to like walk away and do something quote unquote productive. And me and Yolly were walking the other day and I was like, oh yeah, you know, well, I can only play the PlayStation uh, two nights a week and only for an hour. And on Fridays, I was allowed to play it for an hour and a half. And then I was like, oh wait, hold on. That's oh. why I feel guilt after an hour, right? Like Girl, that's definitely the link that there. That does scan. Like honestly, I somehow came out of being an only child with all the guilt of a middle child, and like it's nothing to do with how my parents raised me. It just seems to be in- innate oh. to me. Is that I was I was born to be a middle or possibly youngest child, apparently, from my like my whole behaviour profile is what I've been told. Oh <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. See, that's I interesting. I have classic middle weird. child energy. Loud, obnoxious, annoying, and constantly want in want of attention. <laughs> Are you the middle child? I don't think I knew that about you. I am. I am the middle child. I have an old brother and a younger sister. Can you not tell? I'm so like, <laughs> fucking annoying. <laughs> if I had to... <laughs> Oh, I shout, disagree. Shout out to yeah. all middle kids out there. No, oh my god, no, it's a, it's a, definitely a thing. My older brother is really needy. My younger sister is really independent, and then I'm just the loudest and the gobbiest one. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Yes, so yeah. I, I would have guessed you were the oldest. Really? That's I'd have guessed yeah, youngest, actually. So. Hmm. Ah, well, together we both guessed middle child. Yeah, yes, average child. What about right, you, Liam? Are okay. you oldest or younger? I'm the older. Yeah, I'm oldest. Uh, so I'm needy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> correct, Rachel. Um, and yes, my sister, the youngest, very independent. But then she also dates Shane on Stardew Valley. So she is the wrong one in the family. I'm kidding, Sarah. I love you. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Sarah. Friend of the podcast, Sarah, yeah. Hi, friend of the podcast, Sarah. Oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. That does explain... Okay, so older sibling in me, middle (gasps) child in Rachel, and you've just said you've got the energy of the youngest, so... Yeah. There we are. (laughs) That is so weird! I am am technically the youngest, I'm also the oldest, so, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you are also the oldest, yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, there was not really much, um, like... Occasionally, my parents would attempt to impose like a sort of a rule on something, and yeah. it just kind of wouldn't really mm. happen. Like I remember my because my um my mum's the oldest of five, so I've got a lot Whoa. of younger cousins. And I remember at one point my next oldest cousin being like, "She's allowed to play one hour of Sims a week," and my mum being like, "Oh, that's a good idea." And it's just like, yeah, that that ship sailed really. <laughs> By the time I'm like. Yeah. I'm like 15 or whatever and about to do my GCSEs and she's kind of like, well, that would have been a, that would have been a good rule. <laughs> 50, you kind of, you kind of put no, boundaries exactly, on game exactly. at 15. Because my cousin's four years younger, so that like 11, you can still kind of right, put that okay. rule on someone. Yes. But like, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. She was like, oh, that would have been, that would have been a good idea. 
Like, I still, I still did great in my exam, so it all turned out fine. Did I, have I ever told you? We're so off topic. I'm so sorry. Oh, listeners. Have, have, have I ever told you about um, my <laughs> my study leave routine when I was studying for my GCSEs? We got a bit of study leave. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was alone in the house and I was like, oh, I've got this perfect routine. It's going to be brilliant. I'm going to do uh, half an hour of studying, not enough time. And then I'll do 45 minutes of San Andreas on the PC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'll do <laughs> half an hour of Wii Sports, uh, Wii Fit. Ooh. And then I'll do another half an hour of studying. And uh, have I told this story? Maybe no, I haven't. I've not heard this I story. I think so. So I got like really into this routine, like, you know, undiagnosed ADHD teenager. I was going to say, like, this yeah. girl. <laughs> this, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Oh, I like doing these three different things in very short bursts. I wonder why. Um, so I got so into the Wii Fit bit and I was like, oh, I'm going to like try and like really maximize my Wii Fit time. Uh, and I'm weighing myself every day and I'm like, you know what? I, I just sort of feel like wearing clothes while doing this is unnecessary grams when I'm weighing myself on the Wii Fit balance board. <laughs> And there's no one in the house. So <laughs> what if I just strip down to my underpants to wear myself uh, during these like half an hour <laughs> sessions? Now, what I fail to remember is that we uh, were having some building work done. Oh my uh, God, Gail. Gail. <laughs> so one morning I'm, uh, <laughs> no shame, happy to admit this. I uh, was playing Wii Fit in the morning. And you remember there was a running game in Wii Fit? Yeah. Where you had to hold the Wiimote to run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm in my pants. Uh, I feel like holding the Wiimote is slowing me down. I feel like I need more arm movement. So I'll just, I'll just tuck the Wiimote in the back of my pants. And then I'll run around in my pants in the, in the living room, having a little jog, running around the island in, in Wii Fit. And as I'm doing this, a, a builder walks into the living room to get a cup of tea. Uh, his, my mother has failed to mention that she's given a key to the builder to come in the house. I turn and look at him and he looks at me. You know, this is an adult man who's faced with a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old in his pants, just looks at me and just walks through the kitchen. The face of a man who's like, I, oh. I don't want to even acknowledge this is happening. <laughs> I, I run upstairs. This is like nine in the morning. I run upstairs and just hide in my room until my dad comes home at 6 p.m. Oh. I don't eat. I don't drink. I do not oh. leave that room because oh. of the burning embarrassment. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's very ah, and that's how we fit ruin my life. Thanks, Aww. Miyamoto. <laughs> oh. I feel uh, like we fit like really like traumatized a bunch of like children and teenagers, honestly. Like yeah. they're really like it's so mean to when when you it was like, yeah, step on step on the uh the board so we can wear <laughs> you. And I swear to god, stepping on that board and the board would go, ow! Yeah, it did. St- it used to say ouch. It's yeah. so what the fuck? It's so mean, isn't I'm it? Like, I know, excuse right? me, I'm 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, stop um. bullying me, plastic board. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Uh, anyway, right, should we talk about some games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. You have some <laughs> incredible stories. Yeah, that went some places. I really did. I don't know how we got there. I just sort of feel like um, most people keep these stories inside and you don't have to torture them to get it out of them. <laughs> no shame, baby. Yeah. Absolutely what, what use would the shame be? Yeah, well, yeah, true, right? Uh, well, I think the shame's there to try and uh, give you a bit of respect for yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it's now content for a fun podcast, so it's a good point. Your, I should your have trauma that and pain is our gain. <laughs> yep. Is there really anyone yep. out there who's like, I am filled with shame and I am a more content and confident person for it? No. So, you know. Good point. Yeah, you're right, Rebecca. Yeah, I should continue to tell, overshare all of my deepest, <laughs> yeah. darkest secrets yeah. to the general public. Yeah. I may be biased. Uh, I clearly get something out of this as well because it's very fun. But <laughs> it is very fun. But genuinely, genuinely, shame does not serve you. So let go of it is my advice oh, whenever you can. Thank you. I will I, I will continue to play Wii Fit in my underwear starting from tomorrow, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm <laughs> sure yeah. that's the only outcome to this. What's the switch That's one? what I said. That is exactly what I said. And <laughs> <laughs> ring Fit Adventure. There oh. you go. Get that you, Ring Fit. You've not misquoted not me or misconstrued me for your own purposes there at all. <laughs> totally happy with how this has gone. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, you've been playing some more demos. What have you been playing? Tell I us play, all about it. I them. played a bunch more demos after we did our recorded our episode. And uh, yeah, so I there's two I want to mention. First one is Lightyear Frontier, which Ooh. is the demo I put the most amount of hours in. I think I put I clocked in around maybe four, four and a half hours in the end to Oh, damn. Into the demo. Well, it's a farming sim, so <laughs> I was oh, logged okay. in. I was like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. So, oh, absolutely. There's me being like, oh, I, I don't have a good attention span. Four hours, I was like, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah. get those alien crops planted in. Um, but actually, yeah, this has really surprised me. I knew I'd like this game. It's a farming sim where you, you basically have a giant mech, and your mech... <laughs> Um, Amazing. It helps you plant seeds, water seeds. Uh, you explore in the mech. You do everything in the mech. Uh, so I knew I'd, I would kind of like it because I, I just like farming sims in general. This farming sim is so good. I've played so many. This is oh, probably really? one of the best ones I've ever played. Yeah, hands down. Oh. It is everything I love about farming sims, but also done impeccably well. So the farming, one, incredible. So satisfying. Uh, the way that you, like, the way the game starts is that it gives you one crop. And so all your resource management is in, is, like, based around this one crop. So, like, I don't like it when farming sims, like, throw too much at you. Like, throw too many resources and, like, machines and stuff. This one is very streamlined in that you have one mm. crop. Everything is based about that one crop. And then slowly, as you explore the world, you get more crops. That's how you get other seeds in this game is through exploration. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So you're kind of like your the size of your farm and your um, capacity to grow crops relies on you exploring more of the world. And in kind of like a, um, uh, oh my gosh, power wash sim, uh, a lot of these areas are like covered with like, like they're kind of like not thriving because they have a bunch of goo in them. So you have to like wash away the goo then the the like the forest and the animals and the nature will come back and then you'll get mm. more crops from there. And so it's very much an ecological kind of like centered game in which you're not you're farming, but you're not taking anything from the planet. You're just you're kind of living within the planet's ecosystem, even though you're in a giant mech and it's really scary. Like the mech is so big. And like one of your tools is like a giant chainsaw. And so you're just like, oh, Jesus, I'm so scary. But it's actually a very peaceful game. And oh, I've just wow. really been enjoying it. I just think, yeah, the farming is really great. And 
I like I like this idea of having it's very like slime rancher in terms of like mm. the way the farming plays out. Like ex- exploration is just key to how you I don't know like how big your farm's gonna get and yeah it's just it was and it's a beastie demo like I'm yeah as I said I'm oh, still yeah like if you four, played it for four hours right <laughs> I'm still like four hours I got a couple of crops going now so I've got some versatility and. You can upgrade your mech like until a certain point in the tree, but like there's still like quite a lot to do. Yeah, it's just really I just had a really great time with it. And it looks so pretty. There's like a bunch of different moons and planets in the sky and like the, when there's rain, you can hear the rain on your mech, like the sound of like water oh, on nice. metal. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like it's just really it's just a really peaceful farming sim. And for those who care. There's no like animal agriculture in this game. It's all crop based. Oh, and even nice. the resources you do take from the animals, it's like you feed them and they poop something out very much like Slime Rancher in that way. So you're nice. not, it's like, and you get bonus uh, points and resources for like feeding them and like you can't pet them because you, I was like, you're a giant oh, I'm going to pet one. <laughs> but, um, chainsaw neck. <laughs> Yeah, um, but even then, like I put my chainsaw away when I approached them. Like I'm really into this game and the illusion of like I'm a I'm a, a, a mech farmer on this very cool Ooh. alien planet. Um, so yeah, I really like that aspect as well. So it's just a yeah, Amplifier Studios uh, and Frame Break. Uh, good job, great job. That sounds so fun, and I love yes. when the game yeah, has does. you making your own rules. Like I'm yes. gonna put my chainsaw away before like I the behaviors. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's always like I always think that is the the sign of a game that's really kind of hooked yes. you is when I a behavior the that doesn't matter from the game's yeah. point of view and you start doing it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a really good point. So it's just a really it's it's a farming thing that gets everything right and it's just really good fun. It's coming out in early access. I like mm. March, so I'm not sure how long they're gonna have it in early access for, but it's. The game is pretty much there from my perspective. Like it, I, I have no notes. Like I had such a good time. And nice. um, when the demo goes away today, it's the twelfth day. When the demo goes, I'm gonna be very sad. I'm like, oh. I'll save my save file though. I'll have my save file, so I'll just load it up when inevitably I will be in the early access build, like right back on my ranch, like just having a great time. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so you can just transfer the saves over. That's yeah, cool. I think so. Like I've done oh, that that's before. Cool. Uh, nice, so hopefully okay. it won't be an issue but uh, as it like I said the demo feels like it's pretty much there so I'd be surprised yeah. if they doing like massive changes but yeah like your frontier if you love farming sims Liam when you're done with Stardew <laughs> if you're ever done with Stardew <laughs> maybe not, not. Like yeah I was gonna say <laughs> you still got like 100-200 hours to go I would say <laughs> But it's it's interesting that we literally had a conversation two episodes ago where I asked the question, has Stardew been bettered or has it got a mm. competitor in the farming sim space? And now it sounds like this might be a yeah. strong contender. I, I don't know if it has any like of the uh, life sim elements. It, I don't think it does. No, it doesn't. So it's pure farming. But I mean, that's just yes. an alternative, right? Maybe you don't like the idea of the life sim parts of Stardew and, and mm-hmm. this might be a really worthy alternative in that sense. Yeah, if, if you if you're the kind of Stardew player who literally ignores everyone and you just stay on your farm for four years with your parsnip empire, then this is the game for you. And I feel like like other farming sims that are like that are way too serious. Like literally farming mm-hmm. simulator. I couldn't get into it because it was just too serious. So much economics, I can it was just too much. But this yeah. one 
finds the the peaceful and friendliness in Aww. just living on a planet and, and having a good time farming. And uh, yeah, oh, brilliant. It's very That's good. so nice. My slow internet's finally letting me look at the pictures. It looks it looks really pleasant as well. <laughs> just the visuals. Oh, I yeah. see why you said power wash sim as well. It has like a visually that kind of vibe yes. as well. Just like yeah. just slightly to the cartoony side of of kind of mm-hmm. uh, realistic, I guess, which is so nice. Yeah, and there's like there are like these ruins you can you can like explore, and there's something to do. There's something going on there. That's how they um, keep certain areas um, locked uh, until ah. like you're a certain level and stuff. Uh, so oh, you, that's exciting. Yeah, so it's like everything is kind of pit like a stepping stones for you. you you're not you don't get access to everything all at once but it's a hefty amount you get access to at first but yeah uh definitely check it out if you're into farming sims I, i'm really really into it oh and it's co- it's um, a co-op you can play with three oh, other really? people yes yes oh yes very nice so okay. you can I'm, you and three i'm gonna friends. lose a lot of time in that oh, <laughs> absolutely i'm very excited for this as well i've been excited since they first announced it it, yes. it looks extremely my shit Love it, crafting based survivally automation farming game set in space, especially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm so glad this is good. I was really hoping it'd be good. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm actually really, I'm so happy that it's good because <laughs> farming sims, mate, it's such a, it's such a delicate balance, I find. And uh, yeah, yeah this is. one is just, yeah, they can be very frustrating and like mm-hmm. a bit overwhelming. I think Stardew's pretty mm. overwhelming, actually. I think a lot of people sometimes get turned off by Stardew because of just how much shit yeah. it throws at it, you at once. Absolutely. And how little information it gives you about that, too. That's yes, what Rebecca true. touched on the other week. Yes. yes. Probably it's, part of the reason why it has such lasting power is because you've kind of got to rely on things like wikis and word of mouth and figuring things out from nothing. And yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like games yeah. like Stardew and Ooblets, I feel like I I can play them as long as I don't stop playing. But if I once I stop playing, I won't pick it up again for like six months because I'm like, oh my god, no, yeah. it's just too too overwhelming. God. Once you've and kind of got out of the rhythm of playing it, it's just hard to get back in. And then probably start again from scratch, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so and, tempting. Yeah, yeah. especially when you're like, I didn't I didn't start it perfectly because I didn't understand it at the time. But now if I restart, yeah, it, I oh, oh I've done that. Oh yes. god, so yeah. I'm real. like that with every game. To be fair, like at the moment, I'm eyeing up Baldur's Gate three. Like I'm 50 hours in. Do I just start again? Because now I actually understand the game. Oh, that's... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I did that with this one. I, I planted my tent in a way in which I didn't like. I didn't know how to demolish it yet, so I just restarted. <laughs> just restarted the entire oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. been there. Mm-hmm. Been I was like, there it's so not many right. times. I don't know how to oh. demolish it yet. It was only like 10 minutes into the game, so I was like, I'm going to restart. That's not so bad. That's not so bad. 50 hours is a lot, though, babes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, For it's a like... a narrative game The thing well. is, there's so many, like, different builds that you could do. It's like, I'm not abandoning this save. I'm just starting another save. Like, do, yes. Mm, do you need to be honest here? <laughs> Did you botch the Astarian romance and that's No, it's going oh. so well. It's going really right, well. That's okay. kind of what's right, keeping okay. me in this save, honestly, is that we are okay. we're going strong. So, you know. Stay, stay for Astarian. Yeah. Stay. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, I could just entirely <laughs> respect my character, to be fair, which is what I might do instead. It's like, you don't need to actually restart the save. You can just completely respect oh, your yeah, character. Just respect. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. System's already there. Yeah, I know, right? But I'm just, I don't know. This is what my brain's like. It's like, you could, you could just totally. Like, this is why I have. 138 sims save files that are all about <gasps> five hours in and 
Oh, well, that's how <laughs> I play The Sims, though, so uh, I do get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this is what I'm like. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, speaking of what you're like, Me I think terrible. that's a good segue from... Uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, not being terrible. No, 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 come on. Um, oh, maybe a little bit, though, you know. You don't know what I'm going to say yet. We're, we're all a little bit terrible. Yeah, you've got to be a little bit. A little bit of texture uh, to a personality. With a little bit of pepper in the soup. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Speak, speaking of spice, question mark, Rebecca, you've been playing some monster dating games. I have, yes. I'm so, so excited for you to chat about this. Oh my god! So, well, we're recording this around Valentine's Day. It's going to be a little after Valentine's Day when it comes out, but it is it is around mm. Valentine's Day right now. Um, and I am fairly indifferent to Valentine's Day in real life, but it always kind of like I get the urge to play some dating sims or something just to like because it's funny because it's funny to theme what you're playing around the time of year, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but mm. this is this is what I'm like again. This is what we say. What I'm like. Um, so yeah, I've been playing some monster dating sims, but crucially, I've been playing all the ones that aren't monster prom at the moment because I I know monster prom pretty well. So I picked up I picked up three uh, in the last Ooh. sort of week or two um, that aren't monster prom. Um, the first of which I'm going to touch on really quickly because I, I actually kind of DNF this one, um, mm. which is ironic because it's the easily the most well received of the three, like generally, which is Helltaker, which oh. is like. It is a really good game. I understand why it's so well received, but after like, I don't know, it's it's a puzzle. It's a block puzzle game. It's really tricky. And I would recommend it if you like very tricky block puzzle games and, and sort of like a game that you could complete in about 45 minutes if you knew what you were doing, but you will actually mm. be slamming your head against a wall for hours and hours and hours because it is, you don't know what you're doing. And like, for me personally, I really struggle to visualize moves ahead in the way oh, that this yeah. game requires. Like I'm I can't play chess at all. I'm terrible at chess for the same reason as I just cannot I cannot do moves ahead. Can't mm. do it. Can't do it. And like it's a shame because this game is like so up my alley. So the idea is like it's this this essentially Johnny Bravo, right? There's no there's no getting around it. This guy is Johnny Bravo. Um <laughs> And he decides he decides yeah. that he wants to go to hell and get a harem of demon girls, and that is the whole that is the whole point. So, and to reach every level every level of hell you go through, there's like a demon girl at the end of the level, and there's all these blocks and skeletons and things you got to deal with on the way. And on paper, it is so my jam because I like puzzle games and I like mm. monster dating sims. But personally, I cannot finish this game because of the way the puzzles operate. I just can't. I can't do them. And I find myself kind of because like, I found some walkthroughs online, and you can even like bless his heart, the guy who made it. You can skip the puzzles if you want. You can literally skip the puzzles and just watch the cutscenes where you get flirted oh, with by yeah. demon girls. Like bless his heart, he has made it as easy as he possibly can for people like me who just can't visualize stuff. But I'm like yes. at that point, at that point, I'm like I'd rather just watch like a let's play and enjoy it that way rather than like try and do it through the walkthrough myself. So it's like I do still recommend it, but with the caveat that like yeah. It's it's either going to be so easy because you're really good at visualizing puzzle outcomes, or you're going to be like, I have no clue how. <laughs> but yeah, because um, as well, I lost my. I played it for a while last year, I think, mm. and I lost my progress because it it doesn't it didn't cloud save or it doesn't cloud save, so I couldn't like take it onto Steam Deck and play it. And so I was like, I I oh, got man. to one puzzle before I got to before and was really stuck, and I was like. 
I can't even progress to the point I got to last time. This may not be the game for me. And, you know, we've been talking about like trying to be more like in tune with when like I like a game, but it's not for me. That's something yes. I'm trying yeah. to be better at like not forcing myself through like finishing something and I'm like, it's okay, I've got the game. I, I would recommend the game to people who like puzzles and dating sims, but I personally do not need to finish it for that to be like a valid recommendation. I'm just going to go watch it on, on YouTube probably. Yeah, um, totally fine. Totally agree with you there. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's like, this is all very like Monster Prom related because I heard of this game because it had a crossover with Monster Prom and that's how I ended up getting this game. Ah. So that's like, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I mean like the, you know, I think for me and for a lot of people, to be fair, it's a very famous one in its field, but like Monster Prom is like the gold standard, like da- uh, monster dating sim. And then everything mm-hmm. else kind of like is, well, I mean, I'll talk about it later. It's start, it's getting to the point now where it's like having influence on newer games, which is exciting as well. But Helltake is one that sort Ooh, of came out around okay. the same time. And obviously the devs got friendly because they were working in a similar field. So it's really nice to see all that, that interplay. And I love seeing stuff, um, particularly because I love like hybrid dating sims with other genres. So yeah, definitely for me, Helltaker, very glad it exists. Not especially a game for me, but I would recommend it if you like puzzle games and like an anime, anime harem of demon girls who are not going to do what you tell them as well. I love that part. I love that he's like trying to build a harem and what he really wants is just like a bunch of roommates who are going to be kind of rude to him. I think that that's quite, <laughs> quite nice. <laughs> um, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've seen this before i've seen it pop up on lists um i'm exactly the same as you i i can't think ahead i can't think moves ahead it's why i'm crap at fighting games it's why i can't play babber as you and i am also <laughs> terrible at chess trying to get into magic the gathering at the moment same problem you've got to think mm. ahead with moves it's a skill i don't possess but this does look quite good and i have added it to my wish list so <laughs> it is good it is good it's just like you will hit a point where you either want to look at a walkthrough or give up <laughs> Or just hit the skip yeah, button. Okay. Um, if that is, like I say, if that's the way your your kind of your brain works, and certainly it is for me, because I just mm-hmm. I'm more of a freestyler. It's nice when things work out, but I'm you know I'm not going to sit and try and work out what it's going to look like twenty moves from now. I can, I can't do it. I refuse to do it. See, I quite like those kind of puzzle games. I'm playing something that's not thematically similar, but like like the idea of like moving blocks around. It's called Void Stranger. And I oh, thought, I've heard, I heard of it, yeah. It is so good. At first I thought really? I was like never going to get the hang of it. Yeah, when I heard there was like 500 of the, or like like 600 of these puzzles, like through oh like God. a single playthrough, I was like, oh God, I, I really need to be into these puzzles, like if I want to play this game, not thinking I would be. But yeah, the idea of like moving blocks around and thinking ahead and also kind of like... I don't know, considering where, where you're going to end up in like 10 different moves or like, I like to work backwards. So like how I need to get to this block and then work backwards from there. Oh. But, so I, I'm quite keen on this kind of puzzle. So oh. maybe I will give this one a go. Yeah, let I'm me playing know. the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> let me know how you get on with it if you do, because I would be really interested. If I'm not yeah. burnt out from <laughs> f- fucking voice change. It's so good, but also, yeah. I <laughs> That's another one I can't play for more than like, we were talking about earlier, like half an hour. I'm just like, my brain is fried. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. I need to need to move away. Have a nap, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that really with these sort of games you are meant to like play them in short bursts and then go away and think about it. Mm. But I don't want to do if someone tells me it's a 45 minute game, I want to sit and do it in 45 minutes and I will get increasingly frustrated if I'm having to yeah. actually like step away and think about it. So that's probably probably the way I'm approaching this game is not helping given that my my brain does not suit it. But 
yeah. I've still got it. I'll still I'll still keep chipping away at it probably now that I've got some progress saved on it. Yes. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was a bit like, time to walk away. Not not for me, not right now. Maybe just a little bit too too stressy <laughs> for the for the moment. The moment where you're you're tapping the keys too hard on your keyboard or you're clicking <laughs> too hard on the mouse, and you're like, I need to. <laughs> yeah. I need to step away. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely what's happening. <laughs> I like that you've said this and also I'm I'm feeling the same way. We've sort of agreed together to this year not force ourselves to play things because we feel like we should. It's okay to stop. And that doesn't mean that our opinions are any less valid. Like mm. and it doesn't you mean can that still the, love a game. It doesn't mean yeah. that the game is bad as well. I think that's a very important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, yeah, yeah. like I think I have a sense of when I think a game is genuinely bad, but I have a sense as well of when I think a game is very not for me, but good for the people that it is for yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. the Elden Ring phenomenon, basically. Yeah. <laughs> for me personally. Yeah. Um, yep. No, that's a very good pick. <laughs> yeah. I started living like that, like playing like that, like a year ago where there was just too many games I literally couldn't. And I've just never mm-hmm. looked back. I normally yeah, give it around good. three hours. So depending mm, on the game good, i think three hours yeah. is the mark and then i'm just like that if it's not good. for me i'm just like i need to go i need to go i need to move on i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah yes it's overwhelmingly positive but just not for me yeah <laughs> yeah definitely plenty of games like that definitely for sure but if you feel like that about our podcast Ooh. four stars are below we don't want to know um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> speaking of bad opinions uh i think it's my turn so yes. the <laughs> First it will not be a bad that... opinion. <laughs> there are no you. bad opinions. Well, there are bad opinions, but not on this podcast. <laughs> well, let's see. No, actually, these are two very nice games that I'm quite excited to talk about. <laughs> so the first game I'll talk about, this came out a couple of weeks ago. It's in early access. It's Roots of, I'm going to mispronounce this, Idrisil, which Ooh. I believe is a Norse The world tree. tree. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. better than Norse tree. <laughs> It's all right. This is this is the MA in medieval studies getting to come to the fore for like. Oh hell yeah, Idrisil, the world tree. There you go, Idrisil. Thank you. Yes, help me. Um, Help me. Help me. Oh, you played a hundred hours of the two God of War Norse games and retained nothing apparently. So this is by Manavoid Entertainment. It's a roguelike deck building puzzle game framed as a city builder. Uh, so you might not be surprised that I've been quite taken Damn. by this. Yeah. Um, it is a real mishmash of genres, you, but it works. It really does work. You you play as a band of Vikings and you're attempting to escape Ragnarok and you're exploring the nine realms in this time loop scenario. So you establish a base on the roots of the world tree and you are venturing out into the nine realms to find these saplings to power your boat and try and eventually to get to the end of this run it's a roguelike right if you if you die then you go all the way back you can pump resources into trees literal trees mm-hmm. uh, the skill tree is a tree and uh you know give permanent upgrades to to your uh your party of vikings and it's quite unique i quite like it. it it sort of has like a little bit of dwarf romantic to it I'd say it's more on the Dorf Romantic scale than it is uh, Against the Storm, which was another roguelike city builder. I, I don't think this is a city builder, although it does use buildings. It is Ooh. very, very much a puzzle game. So in each uh, level in a run, you start off on a very small floating island in the void and you get a couple of cards from your deck 
and these cards are buildings or um so like houses or their barracks or their like shrubberies or temples and each of these buildings you place them down using resources um and they combine with each other to generate different types of resources and the goal is to try and create paths to mm. these different saplings that each have different parameters that you have to fulfill to power up your boat and move on to the next map and it's just really nice it's just a really nice chill game uh, you've got a certain number of moves before Ragnarok reaches you and then it spreads across the map and destroys your buildings and makes it really hard but gives like the end of these levels a really nice like mad rush to the finish of oh well if I just get these resources that generate on the end of my next turn yes Ragnarok will destroy that building but then I can quickly get that last sapling and then I can get on my ship and, and move on to the next one. Um and it, because the islands are so small and because you, you can only expand out slowly uh, by using one of the resources, I think it's military might. It's a game about careful decision making, resource management, and also like spatial awareness, which I think is a really interesting way of doing it. It's just really fun and it's in early access. So I think I'm probably not going to play any more of it. I've played four hours mm. and I'm just like, yep, the foundation is there. I really like this. Uh, I will come back in six months, which I think is how long they're staying in early access for. And then I'll play it when it's in its full release. And uh, very nice, very good podcast game. Bit of music in the background or a podcast. And uh, it's got like a little bit of, of like conversations between characters, but it's nowhere near a Hades level roguelike in that sense. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, it's nice. It sort of scratched a couple of itches for me in a way I didn't really realize I, I needed them scratched. Oh. But it's good. It looks really good. It looks like... um. It looks like it feels good to play. Like when you put your run your yeah. mouse over your cards, they all like kind of pop up. And like when you place a building, it's like a little 3D diorama. Like yeah, it just nice. looks like it looks like it feels good too. <laughs> like I all those like little um, details. I, I being a medieval nerd again for a second, I was just thinking about how, like how much I like that use of the setting because I was thinking like it's quite funny that you describe it as this sort of chill game when it's literally about like an oncoming apocalypse, but. Then I was thinking like, well, but the thing with like, I guess with Ragnarok in Norse mythology, and I hope I'm getting this right because it has been actually 10 years since I did my master's degree in this now. But um, I was like, you know, the the thing with Ragnarok is it's like, it's about rebirth after the calamity as well as about the calamity itself. So that kind of like works for this sort of roguelike setting as well. So that pleases my, um, pleases my classics nerd as well as my, my sort of hell yeah pop off so it it's definitely like an interesting use of that fictional calamity as a roguelike tool mm, um mm. sort of like how ragnarok sweeps it away and you're sort of just on that loop i like it a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, i think for the price that it is currently you'll get a couple of really good hours out of this and there's loads left to see i finished one run and feel like I've sort of seen everything I need to see, but you could easily spend a good 15, 20 hours in this, you know, as it is now, uh, with the knowledge that you can just keep coming back to it on probably a regular basis and it'll just keep getting better and better, hopefully. Just, I think, I think I just like a good roguelike city builder. Yeah, you do. The art style as well is looks, really cute. It looks great. It has got that kind of like, it the looks kind of Hades inspired in its art style, but like it's done yeah, very much. It it's like taken, the portraits, yeah. Mm, but mm-hmm. very much it's like taken the sort of like Norse 
idea, like with the sort of like runic inspired lettering there as well. And you know, mm-hmm. it's very much doing its own spin on that, which is always nice to see. Yeah. And how it like represents each of the realms that you can go into as mm. well is really nicely done, even though like you're in this ethereal void for most of the game as you're making these islands appear Mm. you know there are like underground mines and if you take like you know how in roguelikes you get different characters and you can select you know in biden of isaac or whatever Mm -hmm. you you choose different characters Mm. you choose a companion to come with you and each of those companions have different you know benefits and skills and abilities but then also they'll have different challenges of like oh this one is a builder they really want to go to the realm that's all about mining and materials and and then you sort of like unlock a little bit of story and some additional uh, abilities and stuff when you get back to home base and it's just like a really good foundation and i'm really excited to see where um mana void go with it over the oh. next six to twelve months yes let's keep an eye on that one hmm. we will do we'll check on the wish in. list just everything <laughs> goes on the wish list now and then i get emails about it <laughs> Which is why my wish list is like two hundred and fifty yeah. games. It's more games than I can possibly get. Oh, same. I get like a discount email every day. Now. Right? Just oh for my like goodness. One game. And like that Sabrina the Teenage Witch pancakes meme. They're just <laughs> all over the place. The so many pancakes. Oh. Yeah. Sort of yes. Yes. <laughs> I think well, about that meme several times a day because it is my life in every conceivable way. An abundance of riches. Yeah. Well. Much like a, a roguelike or a loop, we return back to Rachel. What's the next demo you've been playing? Hey, so the next one I've been playing is called Indica. It's, uh, bear with me here, it's a um, a kind of a exploration, third-person story-driven game that takes place in an alternative Russia. This is by a Russian studio. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute, actually, um, where you play mm. as a a young nun who has been cast out of her nunnery because she has the devil kind of speaking to her in her brain. And um, so I guess the, the head nun was like, um, get out. And she was like, oh, no. Um, but so that's kind of the story so far. But in the demo, we find ourselves um, playing as I can't remember her name. I think her name's Indica, actually. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I, that's, that's something I assumed. And I was like, no, maybe it is. Okay, it's not. You play as her. It's like a couple of hours into the game. You're traveling with a soldier who's like really badly injured. There's kind of it hints that maybe like you're kind of like uh, you're working together, but also he has like kind of kidnapped you in a way. But it's it's kind of a weird relationship, but he basically needs your help. And you play as, yeah, this nun and you're helping him. You the both both of you are traveling through this kind of like very industrial environment. I think it's an old factory. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think it was a paint factory they mentioned something like that. And so you're kind of like looking around abandoned villages for keys to open gates and kind of Resident Evil village in that kind of way, like very much like a snowy environment. And that's all cool. But the the best thing about this game is the way that it's kind of handling religion and how this young woman is kind of caught between um, being a uh, a good follower of God, but also having literally the devil speak to her in her head. And the devil gets introduced like a bit later into the demo. Like everything kind of plays out normally at first. It's, it's very like standard third person story. It's kind of like a... Ooh, a plague tale 
that kind of thing where you're like following a young woman and going through an environment not a lot of combat you're more running away instead of like actively like killing people and whatever so yeah there's a moment half of the demo where she's carrying a letter from her father to be delivered somewhere and she just like she has a thought where she's like maybe I should like read this letter and the devil in her brain uh, who has this amazing voice which is so creepy is like oh god yeah do it read the letter like and she's like yeah but it's kind of like a sin like I don't really want to do that and he's like no do it it's it'll be fine and he's kind of like coaxing her to do it and you're like she's never gonna do it she's a pious young woman but she actually does take a peek at the letter and suddenly the environment around you rips into like it there's you're like dropped into complete red like red like environment and it's been like yeah the environment around you's been like literally ripped in half as this devil's like laughing at you for reading this letter and you're just like oh my god and so then it becomes kind of like this puzzle platformer where you have to make your way through this environment that may or may not be real i think it's metaphorical uh but then to make it shift back into place you need to start praying like constantly praying so she's like walking and praying as the environment becomes one but then when you stop and it like rips in half again and it's just like it's such a cool cinematic moment and this game is very weird as well as you explore different environments uh you like find you can find like biblical stories or you can like like sigils and um you'll get like religion points in which you can level up and it's like very gamey it's like almost like pixelated and chip tune it's very odd like you leveling up your religion yeah it's bonkers Uh i felt it was a bit out of place at first but when you kind of get the vibe of the game like this game is very like anti-orthodox russian religion then it's like Mm. kind of makes sense and so yeah it's just it's very experimental i'm really loving the like the like the story that it's telling and it's kind of like yeah it's very odd uh but i really enjoyed the demo it might be around after next fest i would totally like tell anyone to check it out um but yeah we should talk about the fact that a russian studio is making this so publisher is 11-bit studios who i love 11-bit studios they've done Mm. this war of mine and frostpunk and Mm, i've just really respected them for the work and effort they've put into this war of mine i think i've mentioned this before but like this war of mine is now like on the curriculum in Polish schools, they're a Polish studio. They've, every time there's like a war going on, like mm-hmm. all the proceeds in this war of mine always go to to whatever's happening, including Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And so yes, this Russian studio, I think a lot of Ukrainian players are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this, this is like a Russian made game. It's about Russia, even though it is criticizing certain aspects of like Russian culture and religion. But like, there was kind of a conversation around that. The the developers, Oddmeter, have actually fled Russia when the war was announced. They like went to, I think it's Kazakhstan. I think a couple of them stayed mm. behind, but they had to for family reasons. But they literally mm. are like, they had, to, they were like, this game they'd been working on like before uh, the war, like I think it was like a year before Russia's mm. invasion of Ukraine. And so, like, they'd been working on it anyway. They left Russia. They've been really vocal about the atrocities that's been going on in Ukraine. And so, yeah, like, what at first felt like 
I think this game got announced maybe last year or the year before. It felt like quite an uncomfortable announcement. I think after listening to what um, Odd Meter have said and the fact that I personally do trust 11-bit, like mm-hmm. I'm actually mm-hmm. very excited for this game. And if you look on the um, Odd Meter's personal um, about page for Indica, they really there's some really interesting videos about like them talking about what it's like to be um, a Russian developer who's had to flee Russia the situation in Ukraine and also making a game that is kind of critiquing the very things that like as part of like Russian culture. And I just find it really interesting. Like I like the demo demo was interesting, but this kind of conversation around it is why I really got into it. So yeah, yeah. If, if you're interested in that stuff and like, like I would honestly, yeah, go look it up. They're very, they've been very honest and upfront with them, um, like their like opinions. So Yes, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this game now. Uh, something that I yeah, like kind of cocked an eyebrow at. I was a bit like, oh okay, but no, I for me personally, I yeah, very excited to play Indica when it hopefully comes out sometime this year. That's really interesting. Mm. Definitely going to be keeping an eye on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I-, I can understand why the conversation around it drew you to it in a different way. Yeah, what was Polygon's article? Polygon did a really good one. Um, I think it's just a news story, but it's just literally titled mm. Russian Studio Fled Country to Finish Game. And it's just got some really interesting quotes by the developers. And yeah, I just, I mean, in that situation, like, what do you do? What happens? They had already agreed on the yeah. game, yeah. the topic, and 11-bit were like, yeah, we're good to go. And then suddenly, your fucking country. Yeah. And mm. of, of course, you know, there's there's always the conversation to be had about, you know, you talk about, on the one hand, not amplifying the voices from like an oppressive force, but also like if there's art from within that country critiquing like yes. the predominant Absolutely. I think it's quite important to get those, you know, those views out. So although it is it is bound to be contentious, I do quite respect the decision to to continue mm-hmm. ahead with that, especially because it's like, you know, the the risk is always that you will begin to view, you know, the Russian people as a monolith. And I think that is it is that is dangerous thinking and uh, inaccurate. And I agree. Got to respect the people who are within a country that is doing some terrible things and who are speaking out against it. So, yeah, mm. absolutely. This looks really, really cool. It's like surprising. I didn't expect it to be so yeah. kind of like it's realist. Wild. And it's <laughs> you know when you're talking about like eight yeah. bit and like chiptune, but then it's like it's very like really yeah. like dark. Oh my god! You know, industrial. It's it. That's what I was talking about. It. it like when the sky literally rips apart, it's a combination of dubstep and chip tune, and it absolutely oh, wow. slaps. It is incredible. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. But I think as well, like another note is like I, I trust and I I like Eleven Bit Studios, and I think it's really important yeah. to have that kind of like knowledge and appreciation of like publishers. Uh, when mm-hmm. like Eleven Bit, I've just been a fan of them for so many years, and so when they were so open about Indica and why they were publishing it and why they they were going to stick with it. I was just like, yeah, I am absolutely, I trust them as a, as much as you can trust the company, but I was just very much just like, yeah, I'm going to hear them out. And I think that relationship is important as well. Like we we play Uh, games, but also like, yeah, listening to developers and trusting publishers Mm. and like is, is good. And so, yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I've just, dropped, yeah. <laughs> I've just dropped the link to yeah. that article in the chat, so I'm going to link that in the show notes. I think for this one, because yes. that's a good one for people to be able to to refer back to when they listen to the episode. So, Brill. 
yeah nice to find that definitely and oh, uh yeah, yeah I, I just I, I agree of all the publishers to be associated with based yeah. on the atrocities your country is committing like for it to be 11 bit and like you say the, a, a company that has gone above and beyond yeah to highlight the horror of war mm-hmm. i think that does lead a, a very um yeah it, it gives it a legitimacy it speaks volumes. It? That yeah is, yeah absolutely it really does but yeah i mean yeah a bit of a weird vibe to bring to, <laughs> to the podcast but also no, it's I important mean, it's, like, it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know, if you were to bash it bonkers, like, yeah, this mm-hmm. this demo definitely was the most surprising one. I was like, the fuck is happening? Oh, my God. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. games is art, right? That's the whole, yeah. The, yeah, the whole conversation absolutely. becomes games is art at that point, which makes me feel a little bit weird about the fact that I'm about to drag us right back into monster fucking weirdness. Let's go. The, the tonal uh, shift. I, in the this is what this back. podcast is. Take us back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, like maybe go. take a moment if you're listening. Maybe pause the podcast, go and read that article in the show notes. Like go and do something else for a bit because this is about to take a very wild turn. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, intended, not intended to be disrespectful. This is just how we've structured it. Um, I apologise if this gets a little jarring for a second, but we'll we'll make it through together. I promise. <laughs> um, Let's go. Because yeah, I believe it is me. Me next again. It is. Um, back into. Back into the Valentine's Day with monsters. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I was so swept up in that. I'm like, which game do I talk about next? I think the next game I want to talk about is going to be Doomsday Paradise, which is um, a game that I only picked up. Well, actually, to be fair, I bought it not long after it was released uh, last November, but I only sort of got around to playing it this weekend because life. Um, mm-hmm. But Doomsday Paradise is an interesting one because I think it's the first game that I have seen and played that is very much like, inspired by monster prom like it comes out of the success of monster prom to kind of iterate (laughs) on that very specific theme while doing its own thing so what doomsday paradise does is it is essentially monster prom it is a you know multiplayer monster dating sim but with roguelike card battle um rpg elements as well which is kind of it's really differentiating itself so yeah, it does it you know, it has a very similar thing. It's it's like couch or online uh co-op or or like you can kind of it's not exactly PvP, I guess it is. You can mess people up or you can be cooperative with other players if you're playing it in multiplayer. Um I, as I always do with Monster Prom, played it couch co-op with my partner. So we played a couple of rounds of this over the weekend. And yeah, I have to say, like it's it's one of those cases where it's impossible not to compare it to Monster Prom because it's so very, very you know, it it does not hide its inspiration from the fact that, you know, it is very Monster Prom inspired. And then they were like, mm-hmm. we can, you know, do something different with it. It's hard not to make the comparison because it's so very there. Yeah, we had a good time with it. There are some, um, quite a lot of stability issues apparently with online play, but it's it's minimal in, in couch co-op, although we did have one crash, which was unfortunate. But mm. yeah, it's definitely, if you if you like Monster Prom and have like rinsed it to death, um, this is a good one to move on to next because it does have a lot of the same vibes. It's a lot less visual novelly, I would say, because of the, mm. the the deck building and the combat sections. It's much faster paced, which I think does really work in its favour in a lot of ways. Because like I love Monster Prom, that is no secret on this podcast, but it can take <laughs> ages to get through. Like they, you know, beautiful glitch, bless them, lovely people very much underestimated how long it will take you to get through a run of Monster Prom and the first two games do not have save states so 
It's um, it's yeah. Whereas, Did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this is this is much faster. When they say like it'll take about an hour, it will take you forty five minutes to an hour to to play like a two player um short game, which is really nice. Um, and you can save, which was great because when it crashed, we only lost like five minutes of progress rather than the entire thing. Nice. Yeah, it's like in terms of like the characterization and the writing. Obviously, the thing that I've said time and time again when I've talked about Monster Prom is like the thing that drew me in was the characters and the writing and. That's kind of present in this. I'm not going to sugarcoat the fact that I don't think it's quite as well written as Monster Prom. And the characters are, I would say, potentially a little derivative beyond the basics of, like, it's always going to be about, like, dating cute monsters, right? There's like a, you know, you you can kind of look at the main characters and kind of see which Monster Prom character they're being in, oh, in like, a one-to-one sort of, like, the archetypes are quite similar. Although it's, like, <laughs> there there are some some of the more minor characters who really stood out to me because I was like, oh, this is, this is like, fun. There's my favourite character who, friend of the podcast, Mick, will attest that we were playing it last night. I was determined, determined to go on a date with um, the vampire who's pretending he's a wizard. I don't know why that's <laughs> happening because there's a lot less story in this game than in, than in the other games of its type. But determined to go on a date with this vampire who is pretending to be a wizard. But this angel turns up and he's like, hey, I really, really want to get into hell. My whole deal is I'm a like perfect pure angel who wants to get into hell by doing bad deeds. But like, I don't really understand what that is. So I want to just like mess some shit up and see what happens. And he like has all these stupid little pranks that he wants to play. And I was literally sat there on the sofa like, I really, really, really want to date the stupid angel. But like, <laughs> I was two runs in trying to date this stupid vampire just to see what he was... <laughs> just literally just they're like oh my god so yeah it definitely it has it has like that that sense of like wanting to get to know the characters as well and it's it's got some like very funny moments in it too the combat is interesting because you, you know me i'm a big advocate for easy mode in games especially like the first time you play i already bumped it up to to like normal difficulty and i'm still walking over every encounter that i come into contact with so as with a lot of these games, I would say it's more of a deck building sort of roguelike card battler for people who like dating sims in much mm. the same way that Boyfriend Dungeon is a dungeon crawler for people who like dating sims rather than a dating sim for people who like dungeon crawlers. You know, it's quite often, right, okay. quite often it's like not, I wouldn't say it's a shallow system, but it's not as deep as it would be if that was the entire focus of the game. But like, honestly, we came out of it and we were like, the the niche that this game fills specifically is when you're like, oh, I really want to play Monster Prom, but I don't have an entire evening. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, That's it is, good. it is like moment to moment. It's pretty much just as much fun, but you have the fact that you can go, shall we play a round of Doomsday Paradise and then do something else? And like, that is a reasonable, we did that yesterday and we were able to do something else as well afterwards. And like, yeah, it was it was very good just just for that, just for the fact that it feels more like a party game, which is for me where Monster Prom, particularly the second one, always fell down, was that mm-hmm. it is so dense and very very like the second game, literally just a visual novel. It's very hard to get into it in multiplayer because of the fact that it's it's a very well written but very long novel. <laughs> um, and you know, I think that that like if this game has nailed one thing ahead you know above its inspiration it is actually making it feel like a party game everything's very quick fire you lose something in the depth of the writing but you gain something in 
the kind of like minute to minute pace and and like multiplayer fun of it really which is to be mm. fair to monster prompts something that they've addressed a lot in the third game but that's that's another story and like it's just nice as well to see something that you really enjoy become an inspiration to other things because that means that you get more of the thing which is always good it's not like it's yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's not like it's a horrific knockoff it's just something that obviously drew a lot of inspiration from a game that is now what six years old so like that makes sense mm. nice yeah. Yeah, I like the fish guy. <laughs> the fish guy's <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, here, everyone, we're back. My mic sounds infinitely better because I'm recording on the right one. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, Price. we had some gremlins. Uh, so we're just we're just happy that we didn't lose any of that great stuff that Rachel had said. That was my oh, worry. God. So God, Now it should that? sound crispy. Imagine if it's the wrong mic. I'm so paranoid. <laughs> I'm so paranoid. It's okay. It's a mysterious third microphone. <laughs> oh, jeez, no. No, Wait, I no gotta... we're not going there. Okay, it's definitely not coming up here. Oh, it's fine. As long as it's recording, <laughs> it doesn't matter where. You're so paranoid. Yes, it's, it's, the... it's definitely that one. <laughs> okay. You're going to be listening to this bit of me going... Okay. I'll be like, who is that? Gremlins! God! God! God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. God damn it. Anyway. uh, Hot monsters and the crab guy. (laughs) Yes. It sounds sounds like uh, the monster prom for the modern professional. uh, Let's you squeeze in other aspects of your life around it. Absolutely. (laughs) That's an incredible way of describing it. Yeah, I like that. That's a good sell. That is a good sell. It's by Lemonade Flashbang. So, look. Great! Oh, it's, it's such a good, good studio dev name. name. Yeah, good yeah, dev I like name. that a lot. <laughs> Brill. Oh well, I'm I'm very glad that your favorite series is now so popular. It's getting inspired uh, spiritual yes. spin-offs. Yeah, I think spiritual yeah, spin-off really works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's roll back to me because I want to talk about Go Mecha Ball, which I did speak about yes. one of the earliest episodes. I think. Yeah, you did. It's, cool. Where the phrase yes. Liam like crunch originated from, uh, <laughs> nice. which inspired the only bit of merch that we have, um, or the only bit of fan art we've received so far, and I love it very dearly. I hung it on the wall yesterday, actually. Uh, <gasps> really? Yes. Liam nice. like crunch on my wall. Yeah. So, Go Make a Ball is by Whale Peak Games. I think it's their debut game. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. It's a roguelike, another roguelike twin stick shooter, uh, where you play as a cat who builds a mech to travel safely <laughs> into portals to restore fun to their world question mark it doesn't matter don't worry about it i don't think the game is that concerned with its own story so i mean this is uh this game is brilliant it's absolutely fucking rules it's it's nice because we had a thing on redacted podcast where we played three games in demo form and loved them and then when we revisited them for like review purposes, all mm. three of us were left a little bit cold. Yes. This is better than the demo. They've ironed out and not fixed, but tweaked a lot of the issues that I had with that demo. Um, and the result is just this pure hit of roguelike adrenaline. And I'm about four hours into it. And every time I play it, I'm like, all right, one more go, one more go, one more <laughs> go, which is just what you want from a game like this, right? Mm-hmm. But What's kind of interesting about it, it's the purest roguelike I've played in ages. It doesn't have any like 
narrative constructs that take advantage of the roguelike structure. It's it's like that classic Binding of Isaac style, uh, or even like rogue style, to go back to its uh, originator. <laughs> um, you go in, you do a series of levels, you die, you go back, and then you do it all again. So the really exciting part and the the, the thing that I really love about this game is uh, your little cat mech has two modes that you switch between during gameplay. By holding down left trigger on the controller, and I would recommend you play this game on a controller because it makes it extra crunchy, uh, you turn into a rolling ball. <laughs> That allows you to avoid damage, uh, traverse around these arenas really quickly, and you can bash enemies to get ammo for your guns. And that plays into the other form you have, where it's a shooting mode. You're very clunky and slow, but you can move around and shoot these enemies uh, with one of two guns and up to two abilities. And yeah, the beauty of this game is that you can swap between both of these modes in an instant. You've got this fluid, kinetic, pinball-like mode where you can gather resources like ammo and health by whacking into different enemies. And then you have the crunchy, stompy mech mode where you can take out these enemies in these arenas very quickly. Uh, each level has three waves of enemies. And after three levels, you fight a boss. You do enough of them. Eventually, you uh, complete a run. Um, and all of these arenas are like full of boost pads and ramps. So you're just flinging yourself around and shooting enemies. And it's so fast and it's so exciting. And it just feels fucking incredible in the hands. Uh, and it looks beautiful. It's so like neon colors. And the animation work is so fluid and beautiful. And all of the enemies are like toy box robots that are slightly falling apart. And sometimes they're glitchy and they wobble and like creak towards you and it's so interesting the visual style is like messy but cohesive the shopkeeper is this giant mechanical cat with like long arms and all the bosses are like these really like spinning tops with knives and big sound systems that blow you back and it's just really cool <laughs> and yes. i i don't say this lightly i think the most exciting game from a mechanical level that I've ever played is Doom Eternal. I think that game is completely flawless in the way that it mixes shooting and uh, traversal and also this idea of like pushing you to get more ammo and health by doing certain takedown moves and getting really close to enemies and they're really far away. Um, I think Go Mecha Ball is the best game I've played in that sense since Doom Eternal Ooh. in terms of just raw minute to minute excitement cool. I like the framing of Doom Eternal more but this is just so much fucking fun to play and the unlock system is really interesting you don't there's no way to like permanently improve your character you always start off each run with the same level of skill that uh, and power that you do at the very start of the game but you gain a currency that lets you purchase additional weapons abilities and upgrades from gacha machines so you randomly assign them and uh -huh. all that does is just increases the pool of options you have on a run which is really interesting uh, so you start nice. off with like four guns in the pool and two abilities but by the end like now i've got like 10 guns and 15 abilities and 30 upgrades and it lets me play around with it more so each run is not easier but unique and more interesting because it's it's widening the abilities that i have to tackle these enemies and and bosses and things like that. I, I just think this is probably an early game of the year contender for me. Um, nice! Yeah, really, really into this. Um, been playing it a lot, listening to 
early Church's albums. That's no shade on <laughs> the soundtrack, uh, but it's it's just it, it fits that music very well. And it's on Game Pass, which <gasps> I'm hoping Lie. has been yes. really good for the developers because I, I do think this is the perfect Game Pass game because you can jump on this, play it for half an hour, get a lot out of it, put it down and come back to it later. Um, but I haven't heard many people talk about it. It doesn't mm. have a huge amount of Steam reviews. And I think you're all missing out. I think this is a a really, really special, fun thing that not many people are playing. Um, and I did have a thought and listening to the games that you two have picked as well. I, I do feel like the the more we do this podcast, the more I realize how I'm into like raw systems in games quite a lot. Ooh, like I like yeah. a game with like a very mm. interesting system or a genre mashup. You know, this is no indica. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i get what you mean definitely i think that yeah it's it's sort of we've gotten better at being reflective on our own tastes individually and i think that that you know just generally i think that works for the show as well because we all bring very different Mm, things like this this game is so not something that it would ever occur to me to look at without your sort of recommendation Mm. or you know Mm. the fact that you you can kind of like bring it to the the Doom Eternal and the like very strong systems aspect, which just I don't know how to assess that for myself in something like this. So it's great to great to have like the guidance there to be like, this mm. is if you, you know, if you want this genre, this is the special one. Is so yeah, good to absolutely. know. This is the one. Yeah, exactly. There is something so very satisfying about rolling around, popping out of your ball, and then like shooting the shit out of whatever's around you. Like that <laughs> honestly does look incredibly fun. And there's something like about that pi- pinball games, dude. Like they are so good. Anything that has like mm-hmm. you as a little p- like little ball like pinging around an arena yes. at super high speed. Yeah, this is great. And I love that it's on Game Pass. I'm t- totally gonna play it. Yeah, Try I'm just it. delightful to have had. I think that's the first. That was the first the first game of the year contender that we've we've declared on this ah uh, yeah on I this show so. in 2024 so that's exciting I think yeah I mean it's early days but uh, oh, uh we'll well it's better if we start when early you know days. you it's know it's so boring if you get to like mm. April and nothing's come up so you know yeah true yeah it, it feels good uh I only yeah. need another four before December <laughs> so I better get on it but yeah no this is this is good this is the good shit um it's there's just like hidden mechanics as well. If you land on an enemy's head in ball mode, it pops out more ammo and just that balance of that rhythmic balance of, okay, well, I need to bash into them to get the ammo and then I can shoot them, but I need to like make sure I'm hitting enemies as often as I'm shooting them to try and mm. keep that ammo resource. Uh, and you just, you just get into that like muscle memory of like, I wasn't even looking at the the refill cooldown bar for my bash because I was just so in tune with the animations and and the timing feels so perfect that I just knew in, intuitively when to attack in certain ways. And I'm not really that type of person that can normally pick up on those things. And I think that's a testament to how well designed this is. So yes, go Mecha Ball. Go Check Mecha Ball. Go, go Mecha Ball. <laughs> uh, Rachel, I believe you have a third game to chat about. Yeah, I'll make this one super quick. The other game I played was uh, Home Safety Hotline. I love games that are on computers or in a desktop. So I was like, I will give this a go, even though I'm not really one for for horror. But this is more like a creepy game, like not really a horror game. Uh, Mm. But yeah, I played it in maybe two hours, two and a bit hours. I played it in one sitting. It was 
it's great. It's a great little horror experience. I, I definitely would recommend it. Uh, if you're into more, more like cryptids and creepy crawlies and creatures and mythology, um, the creepy parts of mythology. Uh, yes, so Home Safety Hotline ha- casts you as a hotline operator for a a home service in which people call in saying that they've got problems with their home. Um, maybe they have mold or there's like mice and you give them, you look through your database, find out, well, kind of assume what they're talking about and then give them advice based on their problem. Someone might call in being like, I hear scratching in my attic. And you're like, hmm, that sounds like mice to me. Go look at the mice entry in database. It's uh, in the database. It says, yeah, mice are known for scratching in attics. You're like, great. This is how you get rid of them. Don't leave up food and yeah, uh, mouse traps and stuff like that. Mm. And you, yeah, and then yeah, so you keep having callers come in. Um, it takes over the place over. Uh, it takes space over like Monday to Friday, so a working week. Monday's very chill. You got your casual yeah termites and there's holes in my garden. It's probably a mole. And then slowly but surely over the course of the week, (laughs) more things start getting a bit creepier. Your database has locked entries at first, but more of them become accessible to you as your boss of the Home Safety Hotline um, company says that, yes, you can have more access to kind of the more unnerving entries in the database. And yes, soon enough, you'll be trying to help people solve different problems with like, oh my God boggets and hobs which are like these weird little creatures um will-o'-wisps that take your memories away and it just ends up with some really creepy micro stories uh each phone call kind of ends up being a a, like a mini event that you kind of like like kind of of audioly with like a witnesses to it's just very it's just very cool and everything is voice acted and these people can really goddamn act like this woman she she like there's a part where like a woman rings up and she's in like distress and she's like like my child is missing i don't know where they've gone the police told me to contact you the last i like the last thing he said to me was like there were strange noises coming from his closet so it's just like it's just taps into this idea one of there's something in your home we all have a house and therefore we just project incredible immensely project these horrible things happening to these people but in our own homes and two like it's the idea that you're just like you're helpless to actually kind of help in any sort of like active way you can if you do get like address one of the problems incorrectly and give them the wrong advice they'll call you back and like it it gives you like a snippet into like the outcome of the situation that you like incorrectly diagnosed and it it can be so creepy like some of the shit like this one person i think they rang up and they were complaining about memory loss or something and so i attributed to something else and then they rang back and they were like, I don't know who I am. Like, I've lost all sense of self. My face oh, is dissolving. God. And you're just like, oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God. So, and so it's like, it's like an anthology of like micro stories of um, people's kind of um, encounters with these seemingly invisible um, things in your home. Ooh. And it's just very good. Yeah, it's around two hours. It was just a, it's just a neat a neat horror game, which, uh, yeah. And there's a bit of a twist towards the end. There's a bit more to this company. I mean, you can kind of see it from a mile away. There's a bit more <laughs> to this company that you're working for. And yeah, I just, I again, I like 
suburb like kind of horror stories or stories in general that take place in suburbia america and like this is kind of like a warped mirror version of something that we're quite familiar with but also Mm. yeah like uninvited guests is just a very creepy aspect of horror and i think this taps into that and um yes it's very Mm. good and so if you're after yeah just a short horror experience for maybe two hours then i definitely recommend home safety hotline they made another game but i've not played it let me quickly see oh, what it's called it was I night signal, signal. yes night signal, yes yeah. i've not, not played that, that. <laughs> yeah I, um, it looks that looks kind of creepy I, randomly but... i watched that streamed like two days ago night signal I'm oh not, yeah um yeah a streamer that i really like gab smolders does loads of indie horror stuff so i watched her play mm. night signal i've not watched it she has played home safety hotline but i've not watched that one yet because it's a bit longer but yeah, it's um yeah, this is mm. this studio is is definitely one to watch, I think, if you're an indie horror fan. They're doing some really cool some really cool I mean, um so Night Signal was like late twenty twenty two, so they got a pretty good pretty good rate of stuff coming out at that kind of mm-hmm. uh. by the looks of things. And it's just like there's a really cool movement, I think, in indie horror at the moment. In in some areas, not like across the board, obviously, but Somewhere at the intersection of like phasmophobia and observation duty, there are so many cool, Ooh. weird games coming out like this. Like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of like Killer Frequency and another one that I nearly talked about today, actually. But oh, but I booty, love Killer it wasn't, Frequency. Oh, so good. And then um, the Exit Eight, which came out recently, and I nearly talked about today, but it's going to be oh. saved for another time instead. And it's like you can kind of yes. do a lot with the concept of like basically puzzle, um, you know, like take things off a list and. And, and figure out the the mystery from quite a static position. And also that, yep. you know, it's like that kind of exploration and like sometimes you're quite still or, you know, quite limited, quite ordinary environments. I kind of love that. It's a great antidote to the like jump scare. Cha- I hate chase scenes yes. in horror. I hate chase scenes in horror games. It's like for the for being the horror game person on the podcast, that is that is my hard line is I cannot really enjoy a horror game with the chase. Like I nearly didn't finish the new Silent Hill game the other day because of how much you get chased in that game. Um, mm. so it is so nice to see that on the other end of the scale, there's this whole other thing going on where it's like mystery and puzzle and it's yeah. still just as spooky, mm. but it's a lot more like, it's more of a thinker, not just in it being psychological horror, but in you actually deal with the problems analytically, which I love. So mm. Mm, this one's shot right up my list of things to check out now. Yeah. So. I, as someone oh, also as well, very quickly, if you're not a fan, so I don't like spiders, this game had a a mode where you can because there's like on the database they have like images and so if you don't like it was like insects spiders or uh something like flesh or blood you can like check those marks and it will the the file will just be like not found the picture oh file. that's that's a smart so, that's good. yes yeah. so like even that, yeah. so if you ask like if you're just like oh but i don't like insects so i don't want to see any of that the game accommodates for that so yeah i checked that spider mark i was like i do not want to see any spiders and i think two, only two entries were it was like a spider was one and like a spider like entity uh, is blocked for another entry. It doesn't. It doesn't prohibit you the way you play the game. It just means that you don't have to look at an image um, in yeah. the database if you don't like. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of those three or all three if you want. Um, but yes, in terms of horror as well, like I, I yeah, I don't like being scared in games, but I do like being creeped out. And I think this is very. This rides that line really well of not being scary, but just these really 
Because I like, I hate horror films, but I like reading the Wikipedia pages about horror films. Because like, I want to know the story, but I just don't want to be, I don't want to live it. Yeah, (laughs) I get that that, actually. Yeah, (laughs) Right. So this, so this kind of horror game is great because it's like, because you're an outsider listening to what's happening to these people, it's not you, it's directly not happening with you that you, Mm. it's, it's like you get the horror and the story elements but you don't get the oh my god it's directly happening to me and yes. i'm gonna cry and <laughs> i can't promise that you won't walk around your house afterwards hear like a thump and be like oh my god jesus christ it's haunted there's like a bogger in my basement or oh, shit i gotta go can't promise that as someone who's most recently moved as well and i'm still getting used to like the natural creaks and like mm-hmm. noises yeah. of oh, the house goodness. uh <laughs> Playing this game and then also maybe yeah, being like, oh god, what the, what was that? Because <laughs> was not a good combo. But yes, it's uh, it's just a really yeah, really great um, pocket sized horror. Uh, so I definitely Aww. recommend it for sure. It, it's a great recommendation. I saw it a few weeks ago and and was like, oh, I mean, like you, any '90s style interface appeals to me, right? Anything um, on a computer, like a dusty, crusty yeah, computer, but. As someone who last night woke up at 3am after having a nightmare about a clown that had broken, I'm not even afraid of clowns, but I had a nightmare that a clown had broken into the house and was stood in the middle. <gasps> wow. I oh, and like yeah. got out of bed and had to turn all the lights on and look everywhere. Uh, maybe I... won't play this while my wife is out of town for a few nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would not recommend. No, I'll stick to Stardew until she yeah. comes home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. a great recommendation very very excited <laughs> to play this oh rebecca what is your last game of the episode so i'm really glad that you mentioned the review episode we did on redacted podcast where we all like played games that we demoed um mm. previously because i actually went back to romansylvania recently for the oh, first time right. in oh, a few okay. months and i have like okay so I finally clicked with this game. It's got to be said. Like, I think okay. that a combination of some little quality of life updates they've given it in the last, um, it came out last April, I think. So mm-hmm. obviously that's like 10 months now, which is like pretty decent. But also like, huh, I've not played many um, Metroidvanias or in a long, long time. And so yesterday, I think I played it for four hours because <laughs> I was like, Whoa, I got myself to the point. Okay. I got myself to the point where I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of ready to just like put this game down. Now I think I've got most of what I want out of it, but I just want to finish off the romance route for the character I'm romancing. So just just top, top level, in case you've not heard our old podcast, by the way, <laughs> probably should give the context that Romanceylvania is pretty much what it sounds like. It is a um, monster dating sim that is also a Metroidvania. So like platforming, lots of hack and slash combat. Um yeah, I've been playing this on and off for a full year now, I think. Um, yeah, I think I picked it up like last year's February next first, actually. So yeah, pretty yeah, much a, a year did. long relationship with this game. And it's kind of like, it's had the ups and downs of like it being a very anticipated game. And then when I picked it up in the full version, I kind of struggled to really get into it as much as I needed to. Um, but as I said, I was about halfway through and I was like, I know which character I kind of think I want to romance. So I'm just going to finish his route. And then I'll probably just like say, that's cool. I've, I've had everything I want in this game. But mm. In doing this, um, so one of the main issues that I had was that I don't think, and I'm going to feel real real dumb if this is incorrect, but I think that when it launched, there wasn't a map. 
which meant that it was just incredibly confusing trying I to navigate. Saying saying that. And yeah. like, I, I swear it's not just me. I swear other people in reviews were like, this needs a map. So I don't think yeah, it's just me being dumb and not like being able to find it. I think it's genuinely like a, an omission. They've patched in a map and that changes the game entirely. It is now just like, it's still tricky to navigate sometimes, but you can, you know, actually plan a run or like a session or a lot better. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to find, like I found the quest item that I need to bring to the character that I want to romance. So I'm going to do that. But I kept getting drawn into like little side things. I finally clicked with the combat, which is great. Like actually getting, mm. getting me to Ooh. click with combat is, is a very, it's a very difficult <laughs> task. Um, you know, again, it's probably more of a Metroidvania for people who like dating Sims. The fact that I find it quite tricky. Yeah. It's not, it's not that big a deal. I find combat tricky and things, but yeah, I'm finally getting into the systems and just really enjoying the stories. I still, I encountered a couple of kind of weird glitches still that I think it's just, it's going to be a lot to iron out. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully it will kind of all still, I mean, you know, they seem to be doing like, it. it's got a pretty good undercurrent of popularity going from what I've seen. It seems to still be, you know, picking up new players and stuff. So Hopefully they've got the resources to continue supporting Hell it. Hell yeah. But yeah, it was just like, as I say, four hours yesterday kind of speaks for itself, I think, in that it was just very like, okay, so I went from, I'll just finish this quest and then and then dip to like, okay, so I can probably go and like recruit all of the other characters. And then once I've got the other characters right, I need, I can do this. I understand now how the leveling system works. So I'm going to go and like, if I get this character's romance route to level five, then I can unlock this skill, which means I can go into this part of the dungeon, pick up this character. <laughs> and like, the only reason I stopped playing was because it canes your Steam Deck battery. Incidentally, one of the things that's brought me back to this game is getting a Steam Deck, and it's a very, very good... Um, it's much Ooh. better on controller, and it's very good on Steam Deck. And yeah, my yeah. Ba- my Steam Deck battery died twice while I was playing this yesterday. So yeah, it's it's tough on the old battery life. No, yeah, that is tough on it. Yeah, it's very <laughs> tough on it. Like, I actually was playing with it plugged in at one point because I was like, I just need to keep playing. I want to keep going. Oh, wow. But the Steam Deck be sweating. Um, yeah, it's heating up. <laughs> it was. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a very, like, Steam Deck. very lazy Sunday game. Um, but yeah, mm. I mean, the, the strengths of the game that I, you know, was, was very happy with when I kind of did the partial review um, last year, mm-hmm. still like very fun characters um you know like a a cool interesting kind of quirky story but yeah having now Mm -hmm. finally got to grips with the actual systems um through a combination of my own persistence to actually sit and play it and the fact that they've done some good quality of life updates yeah honestly it's probably my favorite thing of the three that i've played um definitely my favorite like really didn't expect to to be this into it now i'm like i'm probably looking at like i'll probably finish it now you know like we're talking about not feeling the need to finish games if we're not into them but i'm like Oh, I'm into this. I kind of want to see because I've got two more characters to recruit to the Love Island style dating show that my Dracula is on. And I'm yes. like, well, you can't just leave two characters. I've got to go get the last two characters, right? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm not over two halfway. Yeah. I mean, one of them's the werewolf guy with the little glasses. I can't. Oh, I mean, you've got to finish it for me. Finish guy. it for me, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, well, I think I'm kind of over halfway through the story, but I'm interested to see like how it wraps up now because. It's, it did that kind of weird thing where you got the first three characters, you had to get rid of one. You got the next three or four characters, then you had to get rid of two. So your cast was like really reduced again. And now it's expanded to like 10 love interests again. I'm like, how are we going to oh, wow. get shot of all of these people? I think I'm on the last chapter of the story, like kind of interested to see where it goes. But yeah, I, yeah. 
Gotta get no. picky. Chop, chop, chop. But like, honestly, that map makes all the difference because it goes from like, I'm just stumbling around in the dark to like, okay, so this is where I have to go to go on dates. A mission. Right. (laughs) Locked in. (laughs) Right. Oh my goodness. It's like, oh, I understand now how like dates work and how like gifting works and how all of the systems are meant to be tying together and how the dating sim ties into the Metroidvania. And all Mm. of a sudden it's like a very, very like compelling game. So yeah, um, just wanted to give an update on Romancevania. I I am into it now more than I was. Um, yeah, I that's great news. Still a review. Even when that happens. You've had like a full journey with this game. I really like, have, yeah. You have. Yeah. And we should definitely make space in this podcast to revisit things mm-hmm. again, like a year mm. or two later, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I just think sometimes these things, they come out, and if they're not immediately praised within the first week or two, it can be so hard for them to regain that, that yeah. goodwill and that momentum. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, this has gone from, I think it had like a mixed rating when it came out and now it's got like mostly positive. So it's like, it's, it's clawing back that audience. And like you say, people are clearly enjoying it. Oh yeah. And I think it does fill a niche and yes, for sure. it looks brilliant. So yeah. Yeah. It's a lot them. of fun. I would definitely recommend, I would recommend it now um, more so than, I mean, I, it was never one that I wouldn't recommend. But I feel like no. it it can it can kind of go outside its niche now. I do feel like, even yeah. though I don't think it's probably going to be the the deepest Metroidvania, it's probably still something like if you'd like Metroidvanias and are curious about dating sims, it might be a good a good entry point. Yeah, I just did an actual hard boss fight, which was cool, um, and I enjoyed nice. the Ooh. feeling of having having defeated the boss, um, who was a sexy Cthulhu lady and who's now agreed to be on my show. Yes. Oh, by the way, speaking of sexy Cthulhu ladies, update on um, Sucker for Love: oh. Date to Die For, which is oh, sadly, yes. sadly, it's been delayed. Um, so it's no longer out on Valentine's Day. But solo devs give them the time that they need to uh-huh. get the product that they want to put out. Yes. So, so yeah, those are those are my three. I guess also my three alternate recommendations. If you've played all of Monster Prom and are sad that Sucker for Love: Date to Die For is delayed. Try these three. They're all oh yeah, set. <laughs> uh, unintentional but incredibly on brand. Yeah, well done. That's <laughs> very very good. Yeah, secret theme, secret Valentine's episode. There we go. Oh, Snuck shit, it in. Yeah. If, if I had a bit more spare time, I was going to do another Valentine's quiz, but then I, I just thought I probably wouldn't be able to recapture that same energy as last year. Uh, oh, that was. Uh, just, yeah, that was a good I'll quiz. Just do it different quiz for a different holiday uh watch the space <laughs> listeners right easter shall we quiz. move on to some easter quiz an easter quiz Ooh. which of these eggs from video games do you want to kiss uh right let's move on to some hyperfixation <laughs> i was thinking more along the lines of when did jesus christ our lord and savior come back from the dead <laughs> did you ever... i just do like a really catholic quiz <laughs> There's that um that version of the Bible that's on Steam and you'll occasionally see like um oh, yeah. some game getting sort of like was it Suicide Squad recently who they were like there's more people playing the Bible than Suicide Squad than on Steam Suicide or something Squad. like that. I, think oh, I, I don't know if it was that, Suicide yeah. it, was, it was some it was some big game. Is that the one that has like a thousand Steam achievements or something? I'm looking at it now. Oh, oh my god, I haven't thought about it in a while except in the context of oh, that headline to be honest. Eighty seven. It's got very positive <laughs> reviews. I mean <laughs> why did <laughs> Top-rated review. Why did Judas betray Jesus? Is he stupid? (laughs) (laughs) 
Hyper Fixations is a part of the podcast where we bang on about the things that we can't stop thinking about. Rebecca, ah! would you like to start? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was just like just thinking about how, how Yes. How, yes. Much, how much it just creeps into the rest of the podcast now. I feel like it's like wow, the hyperfixation yeah. section is slowly taking over the entire pod. That's but, that's my secret cap. The whole podcast is hyperfixation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, absolutely. So um I do have one, but I just also like literally before we came to record had another thing mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention, which is that today Ooh. the first look trailer dropped for the Wicked movie. I am oh, so geez. excited. Yeah. So excited for that film. Like, I love Wicked. I loved the novel. And then I went to see the musical for my 18th birthday. I went to London to see the musical. I've been obsessed with it for literally decades. And I'm so excited for the film. Um, and yeah, you know, when you like, you watch the trailer and like the the music kicks in and you get a little bit like, mm-hmm. that was me. Like, I really wanted to just watch it several more times. I briefly considered having the Wicked soundtrack on in my ear the entire time we we're recording, just like going. <laughs> but I was like, incredible. <laughs> um, that's not my, you know, that's that's only only tonight's hyperfixation. The sort of current one more generally is um, the soon to be defunct, sadly, streaming service Pokemon TV, um, oh, which I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you guys have heard oh. about this. Um, and if I, if I may cross promote slightly, um, by the time this episode goes out, there should be an episode of a new uh, a new show called the Shiitake Show on VG twenty four seven, where I go into this in quite a lot of depth about the closure of um, Pokemon TV and like kind of the implications and the reasons behind that. Um, but that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that Pokemon TV, which is a streaming service on Nintendo Switch and uh, other Nintendo platforms, is going to be shutting down permanently on March the twenty eighth, I believe. And so mm. what I am doing is trying to cram as much like free Pokemon content into my poor sad little brain as humanly possible <laughs> um in response to this because i i've had it um i've had it on my switch for a couple of years and i was occasionally like watch an episode of the pokemon anime when i was feeling particularly nostalgic but now i'm like no finishing season two and watching some of these goddamn mini series and like yeah so that's been that's been my like breakfast lunch like viewing for the past couple of weeks i'm i'm so <gasps> cute like the really old pokemon anime like the sort of like late 90s pokemon anime series and like oh man it's just such a such a trip back in time for me i haven't watched these episodes since i was probably 10 years old wow and oh so many so many feelings like i got to the episode the other day where brock goes out of it um, I don't know how oh. much anyone knows about the Pokemon anime. Oh but like, yes, one of the yeah, original yeah, trio was... goes out for the first time, and I was like, li- genuinely, I was like, I have to go back to work now and like deal with this <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> like, I was, I was very unexpectedly kind of affected by that. But also, there's the um, yeah, there's the I say it all the time, but yeah, definitely early inklings of bisexual awakening to Team Rocket in the Pokemon anime. So that's, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love them so much. And like, yes, still. I'm there with you, buddy. So good. (laughs) So good. And I was like, I I did that thing where you sort of accidentally, like your brain pings off into an essay and you're like, suddenly I could talk for 45 minutes uninterrupted about the importance of like queer coding in team rocket and like i have so Mm. many so Mm. many opinions that could come out right now like i'm on (laughs) i'm on reddit threads just being like okay here's the thing here's the thing 
and like you know the the history of like queer coding villains in cartoons but how it's kind of great that they're not like strictly evil they're more just like kind of anti the good guys who are also children legally dogfighting mm-hmm. fully sentient animals who are in pain in, canonically in pain <laughs> let's not forget so you know <laughs> yeah my they are, yeah. They are. They are. and all all these people who are like oh pal world pal world so bad pal world the enemies the Pokemon get hurt. It's like, have you never watched Pokemon? Yeah, there is an episode the in dark. the Pokemon anime where they say, in this arena, you feel the pain your Pokemon feel when they're fighting. I and they're like that. screaming. Yes. And it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? It's and so like, Finally, and justice. Like, <laughs> in that context, and I was, and like, obviously, friend of the podcast, Mick, occasionally is, is with me when I'm watching this. Yeah. And he made the very good point. He was like, it's interesting to note that the only demonstrably fully sentient Pokemon here is Meowth, who has chosen to be with Team Rocket. Like that's gotta mean yeah. that's gotta mean something. Like I don't think they're the good guys, but I don't think there are good guys in this situation. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're rewatching it. That's fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I'm sad that I'm sad that the um that the app is shutting down. Um and yeah. also like it's Yeah, it's, that sucks. It, it's it kind of seems like it, I've now realized this is probably in in the sense that hyperfixations is meant to act as a recommendation you actually can't download it now unless you already had it so it's like basically mm. this is a very niche recommendation to people who already had pokemon tv on to actually um, make on a device it, that they yeah. own to make the most of it over the next month or so um yeah yeah then it's going to be gone and they've released an infographic about where you can now watch the pokemon anime and it people oh. thought it was a joke because it is so bloody mm-hmm. convoluted so it's ridiculous. It's it's kind of it's kind of bad. Yeah. Slightly related. Uh-huh. Um, Pokemon Concierge on Netflix. Lovely. Oh my god! I am saving that. I, that. that. I can I can like ease onto that when Pokemon TV goes away. I'm gonna save that. Nice. Watch that when Pokemon TV is gone to cheer myself. Oh, up. it's lovely. We just watched I've heard all great four things. episodes in one go, and it's just like a little bit of dopamine to the brain. Just a lovely little thing. It looks um, so nice and so just, cozy. It is cozy. It makes me feel nice. Rachel, what's your hyperfixation? My hyperfixation is the fantasy exhibition at the British Library in London, which I went to on Friday. And um, it's really good. The exhibition's really great. When I was living in London, I never went to the British Library. I just guess there wasn't anything on there that interested me. My friend is a fancy author. Shout out to Georgie. Love you, babes. She is writing a bunch of fancy books. So we were like, we should go. Let's do a London trip. We'll go. We'll have a look around this fancy exhibition. Oh my God. It was so good. So obviously they're going to have a lot of like literary influences, but there was like movies and board games and tv shows they had a whole red room from twin peaks so that was like yeah they had they had a huge screen with dark souls 3 just like gameplay from dark souls 3 playing they had a fallen london um mask of the rose on a computer that you could just play like the person who or a group of people who like like were thinking about this exhibition really thought about other aspects of fantasy in different media and like it was just so interesting and i had i took photos of so many things because it was like it was like recommendation central up in here it was like oh hey you should watch this or this cool book is about this and it was just like so many really interesting things and if you 
love fantasy as like a genre or even just like like me like are on the fringes of the genre like it's really interesting and so insightful and if you also are like a massive fantasy book nerd as well there's loads of stuff um my mate was popping off she was pointing shit out to me i didn't know what half of it was but like it's good to go with someone who actually like knows i can give you more information there was like a little warhammer display of models like they really were just like yeah and um there was like oh i was freaking out because they had two original costumes from the dark crystal um film i I love the dark crystal so i was like oh my god and they had um they had the original like transcripts from the book piranesi which I was like, oh my God, like, I love that book so much. So like, oh, and wow. then, like in the book, like it's about like this house and then there was like, a, like her hand-drawn, the author's hand-drawn like scribbles of like what the house would look like. And I don't know, it was just, I wasn't expecting it to be so informative, but also just like, and there was like, oh my God, there's like a little screen with Buffy playing, like with like a little, yeah, it was really great. And like each little, um, description next to it was like because it was split into sections like it was like gods and monsters and endings and um like socioeconomical like kind of like the way that fantasy can tie into like um i don't know real world systems and politics like it was just really interesting and so i yeah i was just like taking pictures of like all the little like um what's it called uh like the the paragraphs that go accompany Mm. um whatever's on display so i was like taking photos i've got like so many photos of just like paragraphs of text (laughs) on my phone there was a jeff vandermeer book rebecca i know you would be interested that i was like this sounds fucking sick um because i'm re after we talked about um the southern reach trilogy i started rereading them i've just finished annihilation i'm gonna start authority next oh nice but there was another one that um that i took a photo of because i had not heard of it before I'm just like going through all my photos. Uh, the City of Saints and Madmen. Jeff Vandermeer's, uh, yeah, it's about a metropolis. Oh. The city slowly unfolds through a series of stories in the form of romances, travel guides, scientific reports, found manuscripts, oh, wow. and mysteries. Lives and conspiracies intertwine as those who are cast out prepare to retake once that, once something that was theirs. So it's about this city. And I was just like, oh my God, well, now I have to read that. Uh, what else? A book called The City We Became by N.K. Uh, Jem- Jemison. Oh, Jemison. Yes. N. Yes. Jemison. Yes. This sounds great. Lovecraftian antagonist trigger threats, including prejudice. Like, it was just so interesting. Dark Crystal stuff. They had, um, speaking of Wicked, um, adjacent. They had a costume from a person from the Emerald City from the Wizard of Oz like, oh, on cool. display. So that was very cool. Like it was just, I was just so surprised by, yeah, like I said before, it was just like, it was like an exhibition that I was like kind of interested in. And then it just like shot up to something I was like, oh my God. Like I, I really hope somewhere online, maybe on the British Library's um, page for this exhibition, they list everything that's shown because yeah. it's just like, the, the mm. perfect reading list also kind of mm. for like for like mm. fantasy as a genre oh my That's god so they cool. had they had um pan's labyrinth on show princess mononoke was on show because they and there was wow. a little little thing about studio ghibli studio ghibli so like i don't know it was just really great i just had a yeah, great time sounds brilliant 
I, oh, I was God, like, I turned awesome. the corner to seeing Dark Souls. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Unexpected. Yeah. That's it amazing. Was, it was really great. So yeah, my, my hyperfixation is going through every single thing that I took a photo of and oh, either wow. reading it or watching it or just doing something like, yeah. I love that. That's An essential so uh, list of texts. For yeah, that's right? awesome. I hope they do like it an exhibit so book. Good. Sometimes they do an exhibit book for these so they um, do, like and I was tempted to buy it, Ooh. but as always, I'm sure it's worth the £30, but I was like, maybe next time. It's a time. lot of money though, isn't it? Maybe yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah. as well. Oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah. I, was, oh, yeah. I was really, ta- I was really, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at tickets. It's it is like super sold out every weekend until it closes, but I'm like, do I just take like a Friday Yeah, we. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we Absolutely. went on a Friday. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, it'd be so, like, yeah, it's just really great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That looks so cool. And the building is great. I, I love the British. British like, it's really I used cool. To, like every time, oh, it's gorgeous. I like it a lot. When I lived in the Midlands, which I lived, uh, I lived for the first thirty-one years of my life. Um, Travelling down to London from where I lived, you would always end up at the train station right opposite the British Library. So that is the er- that is the one area of London I know really well. Oh, Charing Cross. Been to the British mm. Library like loads. So yeah, it's great, great space. It's just really cool to hang out. And yeah, they have great stuff on and I always forget <laughs> to go and see it. So uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, we did nice. a day trip. So we just packed as much into it as we as we could. That was the standout. But we also went to see the cute exhibition on at Somerset House, which is basically because it's Hello Kitty's 50th anniversary. Oh, wow. So I just really? went, wow. I went absolutely like she had a fantasy moment, which is great. And then I had my like Hello Kitty cute, <laughs> cuteness, nice. like a complete overload. It's very good. So yeah, we did those two you in a day. You had a cool shit day in London, eh? That's awesome. That's well, really it cool. just happened. We went to a fancy exhibition. I was just like, is there anything else on? And then I was like, oh, it's Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty turns 50. She's looking great. So, and they had an exhibition <laughs> oh, on. So I was like, we gotta go. <laughs> I gotta see my babe. And then we had a conversation of like, who's cuter? Miffy, Hello Kitty, or Rilakkuma? And that, wow. Oof. That's, a, that's a complicated answer. That must have been very difficult. I I can just imagine you just crossing your fingers and just being like, "Mm, much to think about. (laughs) I was just thinking about like punches were thrown. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) extremely violent. It just it would be the funniest. Like violence is never funny, really, but it is quite funny to think about. Like a conversation. I would throw down for Hello Kitty. Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. And Miffy and Rilakkuma. Yeah, that's the thing. In my mind, you're fighting yourself. Like. But you have all those Rilakkuma plushies. Yes. I but probably you... would go Rilakkuma, but Miffy, there's something I there was a really interesting YouTube video once about like the the sim how something like so simplistic like Miffy and Hello Kitty's expressions are so with just a couple of lines can convey something that is just so incredibly adorable. Mm, and into this idea about like yeah, the the minimalism of these characters. And uh, I honestly can't remember what the video was called. But um, to be fair, I think my order would be Rilakkuma Miffy, Hello Kitty. Miffy's close though. Miffy is so cute. The ears, the rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. She's adorable. But yeah. I feel like the yeah. order has changed three <laughs> times in the span of three sentences, I which I love. I know, it's so good. <laughs> and it's like We're so valid. I'm so in valid. an internal battle. I'm in an internal We've found the conversation that breaks, Rachel. <laughs> Don't let me choose. <laughs> this is yeah. your, your breakdown you, moment. 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, Ace Attorney style breakdown. Yeah, just yeah. just yeah. screaming, rending your clothing, just like shaking your head around. We're about to see yeah. three new sprites for Rachel. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a teddy bear of one of them, and I like rip it. Rip it. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, no! Flies, go flies fully everywhere. White. Yeah. yeah. As I scream the courthouse down. <laughs> oh. um, well, I wish my hyperfixation was as, was as cool as that. Um, mine is, we've finally found a TV show that we're into, which has been a Ooh. long time coming. Um, we Last year, we spent like four months watching the OC uh, just to get to the meme bit, the Mochisir <laughs> scene. Yes. And then once we saw that, we were like, we've watched 40 hours of this plus adverts uh for what for nothing then we rewatched love on netflix which i think is okay i quite like it it's it's fine mm. now the uh, just started new girl again i do like new girl uh nick miller my beloved my husband um <laughs> but we've just over the weekend started watching mr and mrs smith on amazon oh um, shit yes which how is I, it so well, I had like no expectations when I heard about it. I was like, "Well, the remake and the Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt movie, mm. uh, the one that made made him break up with with Jennifer." Um, oh, girl! But <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, it's starring Donald Glover and Mia Erskine, who I've I really like Donald Glover. I really really like him. Um, I loved Atlanta. And he was one of the main writers of Atlanta. I think that's mm. a great season uh, series. Yeah. And when I found out that he was one of the main writers of this, as well as uh, I think his writing partner for Atlanta worked on this a little bit as well, I was immediately more interested because Atlanta is a is a is a brilliant show. Um, yeah. I think this is this is enjoyable, but doesn't have any calories. It's it's very watchable uh ac- it's a very watchable action fair um i don't think this is like golden television but i think it's still very much uh, worth checking out um my favorite thing about it is we're only halfway through it and uh it it swaps the concept a little bit whereas the movie were two spies that were married and didn't know that the other one mm. uh, was like an assassin and spy <laughs> um this puts forward the idea that two people who have been rejected or discharged from government agencies or the army uh, join this secretive organization as assassins and spies and then they are paired with another agent and then married and become Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So they have new identities, they have to give up their old life and they have to live in a marriage uh, with this random stranger. And that's more interesting because the show is yeah they do missions and they kill people and they do spy stuff but it's mainly a program about relationships it's about Mm. first dates and first holidays but the intensity of it being a mission and what happens to this couple and who have been brought together through circumstance rather than anything else um and i think uh donald glover and mia erskine uh i hope i'm saying that name right they are incredible actors in terms of just how natural they're able to portray couple conversations like the show is at its best where they're just on the couch or in bed talking and laughing and like you know they'll do this big mission and then they're on the way home and 
she needs to fart in bed and like <laughs> it's just that depiction is really really funny and really quite heartwarming um i hope it sticks the landing i really do uh mm. like i say we're halfway through we've got a couple more left to watch but yeah really quite surprised by this and uh happy to to have a tv show to sink our teeth into again uh that yeah. isn't just a sitcom cool. that sounds so much more interesting than i was expecting from the show because I'd, I'd heard of it but i hadn't really paid it any mind even though i like donald glover but i was like mm. oh you know i'm so behind on because i don't watch a lot of tv and so i was like, I'm so behind on mm. so many things and like I, I know what the movie's about i'm not that but like that twist on the concept makes it sound so much more appealing it's almost like would it be better off not having the expectation of the movie attached to it in a way because of you know yeah it's got a very like early 2000s like wacky couple comedy vibe which it sounds like they've mm -hmm. ironed out a lot for the the passage of 20 years or whatever it's been since that film came out so yeah it, yeah. it has more in common with the uh io interactive hitman games in terms Ooh. of vibe and style than it does <laughs> the the bad 2005 uh comedy film um wow you know, it's all very yeah. expensive beautiful houses and and auctions and trips to italy and uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's very nice it's a Ooh. it's a good thing yeah yeah i like it a lot nice so that, that yeah i would Watch recommend it. it that brings us to the end of the podcast thank you very Woo! much for listening uh sorry about my audio Sorry. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten about that. To be fun. completely honest. Just just for the listeners. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Just a little sorry. one for the listeners. Just a little apology. Please forgive me. If you <laughs> if you can find it in your heart to forgive Rachel, uh why not send us a question for a future episode? Uh make sure to get your questions into contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk I have to scroll up my notes document to find that again that's an email address I created and can never remember it um, <laughs> yeah we'll read those out in a couple of weeks thanks again for all your support I'm a tired boy and I need to go <laughs> <laughs> goodbye goodbye bye, bye. <laughs> I'm a tired boy <laughs> I need to go. Indie Venture is a podcast created, hosted, edited, and produced by Rebecca Jones, Rachel Watts, and me, Liam Richardson. For more information, search Indie Venture Podcast on your social media platform of choice. You can get in touch by sending your questions, comments, and feedback to contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. You can support the show by rating us five stars and leaving a nice review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast provider, or let your friends know all about the good times you had with the Indie Venture Podcast. Some of the games we talk about on the show may have been provided to us for free for review consideration. If you are a developer, a publisher, or a PR looking to get in touch, drop us an email at hello at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. Our intro music and stings are from the song Cigarette Boat by Mark Torch. Thank you so much for listening and see you again in two weeks for another episode of Indie Venture, a video games podcast. Bye for now.